are listening to The Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a Cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch Sex and the City for the first time ever, mostly. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. I am John Sieber. What's happening? you are our audience. And we love you. Mm -hmm. And we thank you. How's everyone doing? I'm okay. (laughs) No, audience members. Oh, audience members. moment. I thought it was me. I was asking Corey. Have them think about how you're doing. And I hope that it's better now that you're talking to us. Yeah. We're talking to you. Yeah. How are you, Corey? I'm okay. I told you that I haven't, I haven't eaten anything for two days and I don't feel great. Hmm. So that's how I am. I'm sorry. It's okay. And also my microphone keeps slowly sliding down. So I have to keep <laughs> shrinking because I don't want to make noises to try to adjust it. A little look behind the... Uh, we could make, Kevin and I can make a distraction and you could adjust definitely. it. <laughs> oh my gosh, just... this is a perfect chance for you to lift the mic up. Well, well you, know what, I could, you know what I could do? No, keep talking. I, I, have, I have a surefire way. Just keep going. You're going to get some pretty bad back problems if you keep like That's sinking true. down That's further true. and further to track with your mic. But uh, what was our last, our last episode? Was... Well, I guess we did, we did, the last time we all recorded together, we just did Patreon episodes. That's right. It was super fun because we read people's emails. Yeah. Like long emails that got into a whole lot of business. We covered those, but it also was weird to get together and hang out with you guys and record and not get to be rewarded with an episode. Yeah. And this is our first official recorded episode from this space that we're going to be recording in off and on. So if it does sound a little bit different, we're coming at you from uh, a, a new spot. A Basically, new we spot. invested in ourselves <laughs> and we said, you know what? We believe we're putting the energy out into the world. What's going to happen when SJP or Noth or mm-hmm. Noth, 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 you get it right or pay the price well, or Noth or Noth. What if Noth comes or, or Noth? Get it right. Or Jonathan Noth. Jeremy Noth. Jeremy Noth. Um, <laughs> But we're like, you know what? What's going to happen? We're going to need portable ability. And so we invested in that. Well, we, we got on a website called Amazon. <laughs> Amazon.com. Yeah. No. So we're doing, uh, we, we have our little uh, portable rig set up. That's right. And portable we had rig. a meeting with an Oscar nominated sound designer who said, uh, he was like, why, why are you doing this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. We explained it to him, and he was even even more, more disappointed confused. by the time we got to the end. Oh, he was like, that. usually an explanation is to clear things up. He just asked us our ages and then shook his head in shame. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin, something you shared something exciting with uh, the world last night about your uh, comedy show that you did. Oh, yeah. I did a comedy show. Share with uh, show. our audience. Well, I did a comedy yeah. show. Corey helped me with it. I did it in his, did it in his living room multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a, a festival here in New York and I was doing another hour comedy show and, uh, it won best solo comedy show Yeah, of the festival. It's amazing. And, uh, and it was, yeah, it was fun. So I had five of those the past few days. Uh, I think there was a few Bradshaw boys listeners that came to the shows. Nice. It was, um, it was a great show. I went to it. I went to it too. We yep. were the Bradshaw boys. Listeners we were the Bradshaw boys it. listeners. Cause I listened to our podcast and we're going to do a live 
We're going to do, we're just going to broadcast, uh, do a live simulcast of the next show. No, we won't. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did that this weekend and Corey and I, we, all three of us ca- had quite a weekend. It was yeah. a big one. Yeah. We, this is probably a good time to uh, introduce our guest that's here with us tonight. Just kidding. We Hello, Don <laughs> Thank you for having me. No, no. It's just the boys tonight. Straight up boys. Just the boys. We wanted to make sure we figured this new equipment out before we invite someone new into it and we're just a train wreck you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so guess what you're just with us right now yeah cozy in straight up with the boys <laughs> we in season three straight up episode with the 13 boys. and it's just you and the boys <laughs> i feel like it's been a long time since we've watched an episode yeah, yeah. i don't remember what happened last time the Go. last thing that happened is uh aiden and carrie broke up Oh, that's the last thing that we saw. Yeah, the one with Heaster, Dylan. Yeah, Dylan was our last guest, yeah. Dylan Heaster, yeah. Wasn't it Loose Intervention? No. No, it was Dylan. Dylan. Okay. Loose Intervention did, was... Those both the same night. Ah, that's right. Yeah, and, and he was after he made those beautiful cocktails. Oh, that's right. Speaking of which, today's sponsor later in the episode will be brought to you by Absolute Elix. Mm. We're not drinking cocktails tonight. We're some teetotalers here tonight. But if you're going to make it, uh, I think we just, I, we had so much drink this weekend. I don't think we're drinking tonight. What's a teetotaler though? Wait, wait, wait drink you're not teetotaling. John and I have already been taking shots. Yeah. Oh my God. Not of absolute elix. We've been taking shots of, uh, what have we been taking shots Gold of? Goldschlager. Goldschlager. <laughs> been taking shots at our current president. Get him out! <laughs> we have been doing that too. Um, all right. Well, what are we watching today? Sex in the City? Yes. I think so. I think John was right. It was actually Loose Intervention was our last guest. That's what I'm thinking. John did we is, do them out of order? No, no, we did them in order. We just, <laughs> just you and I were wrong. Oh. Yeah. You guys oh, were just wrong. because we did the afternoon episode with her. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Gee whiz. And we have not uh, watched this in It's a been a while, and Loose Intervention was there when Aiden and Carrie broke up. That's true. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, what's this episode called? What are we doing here? Season... Season three, three, episode 13. Dude, what's she going to do? She's not going back to big. Oh, you not yeah. right now. I mean, she will at some point. Yeah, but not. You know that whole thing. There, once you go big, you always go back. <laughs> that old saying. Yeah. I do. I mean, I'm actually fine with it. Settling, like knowing what happens at the end of the series or whatever. Um, and knowing that they were going to kill big in, in the third movie. Right. Hold on. What? This episode. Uh-oh. Season I, three, episode I, 13. I know what's happening. Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. Are we getting oh. out of New York? When was the last time we did that? We went to the Hamptons. Hamptons. We went upstate to that wedding. wedding. I think that's all. I think that's been mostly it. I've, I've usually. Is in this episode? Yes. I think so. And I think there's a post-apocalyptic thing happening. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I have Samantha gave has, has an iPad. Yeah. Samantha gave everyone a communicable disease. <laughs> and we have to get out of New York City now. Um, I've traditionally not liked the episode where they leave New York. Have you seen it? Is this no, one of the ones no, you have The so ones far. where they oh, the so far, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one uh, I like the baby shower episode, but uh, I did like that one. I think when they leave New York, they're they're leaving their fifth character behind. You know That's what? True. I, well, you know what? I've stirred the pot a few times. I was thinking about just watching an episode, watching one ahead, 
and then telling you guys on the air just so you'd flip out and just so we could cause some tension <laughs> on here that would just be compelling for the listener. And I want you guys to know. I want you to play. I did not do that. I want you to play that out for the rest of your life. And you're married one day and be like, hey, babe, you know how I like to stir the pot? Yesterday, I left our son at the pool. <laughs> hey, babe. Like hey, babe. I also, I, also, I, also spent, uh, I spent all the money for a vacation next like, summer. Just so we could like spice it up at dinner. Here's a new Camaro. (laughs) The therapist said that we needed to spice things up. And (laughs) we needed to spice things up in the bedroom. So I set it on fire. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, babe? Yeah. Well, I didn't do that. Nor will I treat my wife that way. What was it inside of you? Like what? What yeah. causes it, that want? That's a to do that's that? a good question in general. Like why for you. that well, I was I, on, I, didn't, I never I was watching I was watching flipping through all of the billion TV shows that are on Amazon and Netflix and HBO and was like all of this sucks. You Not just all want to watch it, the it, girls. And I was like I was like it'd be nice if I could just watch the show that I want to watch right now instead of you know when people suggest a show and you know it's like I've seen one episode of Russian Doll yet and I want to watch all of it. It's but great. I'm like I'm don't. Sometimes you're not in the mood to watch something, even though you know it's going to change your life or be the best thing you've ever seen. And so I flipped that past that, and I'm like, oh, I should just, I should just watch one, and then I'll just like tell him, and it'll cause drama. But I didn't. So that's what it wasn't an interior thing; it was an exterior thing. All I right. was, I was tempted, but I didn't give in to temptation. That's good. Fantastic. That's but good. I did cheat on my wife. And now, <laughs> that's true. Just kidding. I'm not married. Fuck you guys. Um, wow. That was for the listener, not for my two friends. Uh, Well, you guys ready? What are we at? Let's go uh, watch uh, season three. Escape from New York. Episode 13, Escape from New York. Bye. Episode 43, Escape from New York. Carrie meets with actor-producer Matthew McConaughey in L.A. to talk about optioning her columns to make a movie. Miranda wrestles with the level of open sexuality in Los Angeles. Charlotte uses the internet to deal with Trey's impotence problem. Samantha meets a dildo model. And now, back to the boys. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I love L.A. All right, all we right, love all right. it. I love it. I love nothing, L.A. There's nothing better. Look at them trees. Get down on his knees. That was Look very Bill Cosby of you. <laughs> well, Bill Cosby, Randy Newman is the white Bill Cosby who was a better songwriter and a better man. So That's true. There's just nothing better than a good old New York versus L.A. Ooh, yeah, let's get into it. 
Let's get first of all, into it. First of all, first of all have you guys. LA listeners. I know we have two for sure, but if yeah. you're out there, if you <laughs> yep. are out there, we want to hear from you. It's also like. Why uh, do you live in that dump? No. Ooh, no, shots fired. They, I love they, LA. I like LA. Hello, LA. I'm a big LA guy. It's every time, you know, I don't understand why you can't like both. Same thing with Chicago you, and New York pizza. No, you, I like I like Chicago pizza. I like New York pizza. Absolutely. I like New York the city. I like LA the city. You absolutely can. You look you look deflated. What? No, you you can. I think obviously there's two things going on. One, there are two hubs of entertainment. So it's the same personality fighting over the same uh or the same not personality, but the same type of person. So that's why it ends up being a blown up conversation. That's where a lot of you think that's why it is because it's the two hubs of entertainment. Yes. And it's the people that have the most uh, vocal presences. Right. Fighting about it. I would say one, one thing though, is that LA is a bigger hub of entertainment Mm -hmm. and New York is a cooler hub of entertainment. Uh, what makes it cooler? I'm not even saying that based on it's, it's, prestige and culture and cachet you're saying the city is cooler yeah well yeah but i was gonna say like in new york is a more diverse there's a it's a more diverse workspace yeah like there's there's a lot of other jobs in la that are not entertainment jobs but like in new york you know like think of all the people you know that don't work in entertainment yeah and i feel like it's most much people. more but i think most that's people. the reason why it's ever even a conversation is because of the entertainment industry yeah well, yeah, because the only people having that are people that live in either city. That's and what I'm like, yeah, 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 that was that was my point. Yeah, that it's like, I guess I I, I just never really really thought of that, but I don't know a lot. I mean, I guess they're the, the people I'm having biggest, that conversation with. Say. I don't have they they aren't in the entertainment industry. It's just they just like L.A. because of you know the food, the people, the weather, the culture, yeah. and they like New York because of the city, the the nightlife, and things like that. So yeah, yeah, it's never. I mean, you're probably right. I've just never thought of it that way. Yeah, I think when it's like a like when the conversation is raging, it's because of actors Nothing and like writers. Nothing like more than a raging conversation. Raging against the machine. I love it. Oh man, there's a there's a very good um, there's a very funny scene in Annie Hall, written and directed by New York film director and accused child molester Woody Allen. But uh, he goes to L.A. and it's Jeff Goldblum's very 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 first movie. Mm-hmm. And Woody Allen and Diane Keaton are just at a, um, they're just at a party. And then Jeff Goldblum's film debut, he just looks around, and he walks up to, uh, walks up to a phone and he answers it and he says, uh, yeah, what was my mantra again? Okay. And then he gets off and <laughs> that's, that's funny. <clears throat> but I think, uh, in this, I felt like they steered pretty clear of just unabashed, um, LA stereotypes. Yeah. Oh, totally. Because I'm sure starting with like the model in the atrium of the hotel. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, but they didn't. They who gave the toodle fingers? Yeah, they, they gave some he toodle toodled. Fingers. They yeah. love the that toodle. That must have been a big. I don't big know toodle. if I'd say they steered clear of it. They had a model in a glass case when they got there. That guy looked out of the conversation with Miranda at the hot girl. But it wasn't like this place sucks. Let's get back to New York. It was like this place is different. Yeah, but they but they they did that through stereotypes. They did that through L.A. stereotypes. Yeah, but I mean, Sex and the City is one big New York stereotype. <laughs> but, but didn't you just say that they did not do that through a bad, no, on a bad stereotypes? They didn't, they didn't roast it. They weren't saying like L.A. sucks. Yeah. 
They didn't say LA sucks. They just yeah. used a lot of LA stereotypes. stereotypes. Including stereotypes. the car that she had to drive. Yeah, that she rented that like Mustang. The entire episode. Which yeah. is such a terrible idea to rent a stick shift. Yeah. Um, on any trip. So I'm going to just do like... The, do a rundown. The, the quick rundown of the show. I mean, I don't think that this episode had too much meat on its bones, to be honest. So my rundown is going to be pretty it's a, basic. It's an LA episode. So it's <laughs> nice. on a diet. Uh, it was just no matter how far can you ever really escape your past. Uh, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty obvious the the whole episode with uh, Carrie moving to L.A. She's trying to forget her relationships back there. Miranda, they kind of didn't really have much until the, the end. She's like trying to forget herself. Um, Samantha, I guess the, she is getting over a breakup, so maybe it comes from that. But she didn't mention that. Yeah, she's just kind of like stuck in her own Miranda world and and jealous of some of the LA uh, women. So she, you know, she rides the bull at the end and kind of mm. rips open her shirt and cuts free. Um, uh, Samantha, she like I guess met the dildo model, Gosh. and then he actually had a soft side to him. And then she just wanted to like leave him in LA. So she moved away from her problems. I'm not, I, I don't really know how to summarize this episode super well. Well, then there's I, the Charlotte I, there's one. There's kind of things that happened. There was the Charlotte one that seemed like it could have been in any episode. Right. It was just her back in New York. Yeah. I think they were Trey's impotence. This episode felt a little bit disjointed. They just wrapped up the Aiden storyline and they're like, let's go to LA and just do like some LA cleanse. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like a juice cleanse. Right. I did like the the fake they had like the fake New York set. I thought that was cool. That was cool. But uh we'll get to it. We have a we had a question come in uh on Instagram. Who is the question from? The question was from Miss Megs. Miss Megs. Miss Megs. The the reason she she asked uh who do you think would have been uh, a good backup option for Matthew McConaughey's role? Matthew McConaughey was in this episode, of course, because Carrie was pitching her uh, her newspaper column as a movie idea. And uh, the junior developer was Sarah Michelle Geller, which Corey pointed out, another triple name, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah and Michelle Geller. She had a meeting with, of course, Matthew McConaughey. And the question is, who would have been a good substitute if McConaughey was busy uh, that week to use instead? That's a good question. If you think about the time, this episode came out on September 10th in the year 2000. That's I my birthday. My it came out on my birthday. 2000? Yeah. I have my okay. answer for sure. Yeah, 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who would have been a good replacement? Um, I'm going Nick Cage. I'm going strong, Nick Cage. They played McConaughey as like a like kind of a crazy person there. They, they he did. was like kneeling down. He was did, super intense. He was, he was the. It was. See, now it doesn't seem like it such a such no. a twist because we know him as more weird. Back then, he was just rom com guy. Yeah. So him being that crazy was a surprise. So I I, I think you're fine. Dude, Nick Cage is Nick Cage. I got he mine. was the action star. He was the lovable character, and he would have been great in that role. I got mine. Okay, Buscemi, Steve Buscemi. Oh. Hey, Kiria. Uh, I know I live in New I York. Write, too. I want to write with you. A little I want to write with you a little bit. I think that. Uh, um, mine would be the star of Win a Date with Ted Hamilton, Josh Dumal. Ooh. <laughs> One of the only movies that's ever made me cry. Really? really? Yeah, actually, I think the only movie. Maybe uh, other than like like parts of Moana, I get a little teary eyed. Yeah. But I was going through some stuff with Win a Date with Ted Hamilton. It was a good movie. And, oh man. Have you seen uh, it when he, tur- he like, turns it. the car around or something? It. I've only seen it once, but uh, it was in just prime. I need to watch it again. It was in prime, like 
I don't, I don't know where they make that movie anymore or where they tell that story anymore, mm-hmm. but it's like, it wasn't a high school movie, but it was in that era of like, she, she's all that. And it was towards the tail end of like some really great rom com like two people that don't, shouldn't be together, but then really overcome some differences. Right. Topher Grace. Topher Grace, who turns, I mean, Topher Grace toffed a corner and really turned into a great actor. Turned into a Grace actor. <laughs> um, so there you have those. We also, we have a bunch more, I realized. Uh, someone asked a really great question. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the episode. Well, thanks for the question. In this episode with the mis- mismatched shoes, is this the episode with the mismatched shoes? If so, thoughts. It is. Those are great shoes. What are you uh, talking about? Mismatched shoes? Carrie, Carrie's heels that she bought to go to LA. One is red and one is blue and they're sparkly. I don't uh, notice that stuff. I noticed it. I tried to like start noticing it, but I noticed that it's it's that thing where they walk out and they're like dressed in our New York fi- or LA finest. Oh, and then they turn around? Yeah, and they turn around. Yeah, you took a not- picture of that. Can I see it? I, I don't I remember. Will. They're good shoes. I don't remember the mix, the mix max shoes. Mi- yeah. Whoa, mix, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mix max. Uh, Maxinistas. Someone, Lindsay Liu, wrote in that the celebrity that she was supposed to meet was. Oh, here we go. I really hope it's Nick. Any Cage. ideas? I really hope it's uh, Nick. Steve, no, she uh, said, "Did you Gary catch that Sarah, Sarah Michelle Gellar's whisper to Carrie was dubbed, which we did think we was did. Weird. It was it did sound weird, and it was whispered uh, because the original celebrity she was supposed to meet was, if one of uh, us gets it right. Tom Cruise. It's so it's not even in the. There's no way we could get it because it's it's another era. It's a Hollywood Humphrey Bogart legend. <laughs> um." No, do you guys want to do one more guess? This is this uh, is funny because, because there's a scene. You. There's a scene in You're which so Sarah Michelle Geller makes Carrie Sam keep Shepard? guessing. And she's frustrated by it. And now you're doing the exact same That's thing true. to us. Ah! You're literally doing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're literally doing to let me us just, what happened to okay, the show. Let me do it. No, again. just tell us. You're so vain. You, you probably think this is about you, don't you? Don't you? Do you know who that's about? I I know it is about someone. That's why I said Babel. Oh, Warren I was thinking Beatty. Sam Shepard. Oh yeah. I don't even yeah. know who Warren Beatty is. He was in. Bonnie he, and Clyde with he's, Faye Dunaway. He's the guy that that the whole uh, Moonlight. Um, wait, yeah, it was Moonlight and uh, La La Land, wasn't? Was he? Oh yeah, announcing for that. Yeah, with Faye Dunaway. He so was, was the 50 year anniversary of. Bonnie he was Clyde. in uh, Dick Tracy, the movie. He's and married. He, he's married to Annette Benning, and he was just notorious for knowing that he just fucked every single person mm. in Hollywood, and no one could pin him down. He was a huge asshole. And he was, you're so vain. You probably think the song's about you, huh. Carly Simon. But heroine. was the song actually about him? Yeah, yeah. she so, said it years later because everyone that was like, which actually so he's right. So yeah, he, he is he actually was, right. He, he was just probably sitting there being like, I know this song's about me, even though you probably won't admit it till years later. Yeah. That, it, so is that vain or is that him just having a good finger I on think the pulse? That's him being perceptive. I think it's you're so perceptive. Uh, we got a pro baby pod over here. I don't think we have a pro baby pod. I think that's just logic. I just logic. think it's interesting that's that's just that the song is. was actually about him. Like if it was, and if it wasn't, if it wasn't about him, if she was like, yeah, it was about my neighbor Chuck, then yeah, Warren Beatty was vain. being vain. But I could have sworn, I could have sworn this song was about me. Who are you? I live next to Carly Simon but from <laughs> 1972 to 1976. Yeah, if that was the case, and then Warren Beatty's sitting there telling people it was about him, he'd be vain. But yeah. the song really was about him. Yeah, it was. Well, so that, whoever wrote that song, I don't know who it is, but she need she needs to talking to. Is that the biggest 
biggest uh, drop in we've had? McConaughey? Yeah. Well, we were supposed Maybe to have Leonardo DiCaprio, but we didn't. Um, yeah. Question Do you think McConaughey would play a good big? It would be a different. Yeah. You, you know, those stories are so crazy. Like Lawrence Fishburne from The Matrix was mm-hmm. originally Sean Connery. He was attached for a while and then he dropped out. And that scene. Wait, Sean Connery is supposed to be Morpheus? Yes. Whoa. And it's like, yeah, that stuff is. If they would have, if, if the, it would have been that person, we wouldn't have been able to conceptualize it in any way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's, that's a big thing. That's also, this episode reminded me of season three of Seinfeld, which is like all of a sudden when it, season three is all like, they develop it into a show, a show about nothing. Mm. And it's interesting to think of it in a self-referential way of like, oh, yeah, like this dude's going to play Mr. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Like they are aware that that's like a. So I had a, I had a, she had a I want to talk about that meeting with McConaughey, with McConaughey and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like, I, I don't know why Carrie even took the meeting. Like she was like not pumped pretty much the whole way through. Right. About like that would be a pretty exciting time in someone's life if they were trying to make a movie about their sex column. It's but they ign- no no one said let's shoot it in Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> like Sex in the City too. But she was like she was pretty she down was, and out throughout she, the whole thing. Yeah, she's pretty blase. She says in it, and I don't know, someone from LA would have to confirm or deny uh in the biz. But she said it was like a stereotype that it's like, this is like an early 30s, was it early 30s or late 20s? Like low level development person. So it's not like she's working with like, she's not working with like the so she was of, junior development okay, person. Until yeah. she gets a but, meeting with McConaughey and still acts like a storm clouds over her head the whole time. Right. I also think the fact of her being a junior development person, like it doesn't, it, I think that means it's probably not huge but it's not super shitty yeah but she was saying she was kind of dumb like she was kind of but i i felt like that was more because it's like you come to la you're a woman you're mid-30s there's this like young blonde hot girl Mm -hmm. who's sarah michelle geller who's talking about like oh yeah i'm gonna turn 30 one day i think that was the whole thing is they kept like running into young beautiful women yeah and having to deal with frustrated with sarah michelle geller's character but when she's in the office with mcconaughey like yeah, she. she I mean, she's thrown be... back from the big thing that he's saying. Okay, and that brings up a second question: How did McConaughey even know about Big? Because it's in the script. Well, so with, he's did, gonna play. Did, did Carrie actually play write big. a script, or were they going off of her sex column? Because if they're going off her sex column, I don't think she specifically talks about. I was kind of confused I was just about really that. Confused about all that. I didn't know if she'd written a script or if he's just doing it off the column. And maybe you're supposed to assume that she's talked about Big in the column. I guess. I don't okay. know. But he like, which would be yeah. kind of weird. It just felt like his character knew too much, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like if they, if they were really writing that show, they would have had her there and been like, okay, let's write about your sex column. Let's write about you being in this. Like, let's basically, if they were make- already going to make it a movie. I'm sure that they would have some awareness of the characters. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think, that's completely off base. Well, it was also that they were going to like Matthew McConaughey's production company, I guess. Yeah. And so it would be his thing where he's like, he, he would be like, here's how I see it. This is, this is what I would think. I would think you have to argue it from the perspective of the characters, not from like our view. And I feel like from the characters, it's, it's her, 
it's like, what? They're going to make your thing into a movie. But for Carrie's perspective, she's like the ultimate New York writer that's like, yeah, I don't fucking care. In real life, I'm sure she was just playing a little Candace too cool Bushnell would have been like, holy shit. Gonna, yeah, she, she did, did say holy shit and freak out and sign a yeah. deal with HBO. And I'm yeah. sure she would have lost her marbles if Matthew when, McConaughey when she, was in the room. When she found out that Ben yeah. Weber is going to play Skipper. Exactly. She yeah, she was her probably pants. super mm-hmm. pumped. Yeah. Whatever no, her of version course. of Instagram was at the time, she probably posted all about it. Of course. But I mean, Carrie's not that. Carrie is the is like i'm whatever i'm the fucking real deal i can't even drive stick shift oh she really bugged me this episode a lot she bugged me really i feel like she she bugged that bad she bugged me at the end when she drove away like i felt like that was supposed to be like and then i drove away from the meeting because it wasn't true to my vision with that to me seems like a very new york versus la thing yeah that's like i'm not gonna Mm. sell out i'm gonna keep my integrity yeah but i was also like maybe just still go to the meeting and turn them down yeah. So and tell your agent. This is so clearly like depending on which if you're judging it as a TV show or based on based on the based correct on decisions, based on the, the entertainment business life being like, you know what? You get a meeting. You got to. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah. I mean, she, Carrie Bradshaw, the character is going to be fine. So it's like, listen, she makes it. she makes 75 grand a week on her column. Yeah. yeah. She's she's golden. Do you know who didn't disappoint me in these ep- in this episode is Jason Dick, spelled D I Q U E. Oh yeah, the Dick Man. <laughs> Classic Dick Man. It was I feel like they did not develop Miranda's storyline enough for that to even make sense cuz the way that girl walked by, she barely even like looked at him. Yeah. So I feel like that dude probably got 5 minutes well, into a combo and then she's like, "I have a boyfriend." Well, what I thought they were doing though is the thing that I've heard people like as, as LA stereotype. It was like your head's always on a like swivel. Yeah, you're always like when you're in a conversation with someone, you're always like looking around and that's yeah. why and you know, it was a hot girl and he's like, "Uh, uh I'm so, I'm sorry. What was I saying?" And then he just walked so different. That you that's can... so different that from here. <laughs> If there's something Wait, you can you know do, I mean? that's like exactly how people are. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think that's Here just anywhere. I think like, that's yeah. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But that's one, that is like one thing that chaps my ass more than anything is like when I'm in a conversation with someone and they're just looking past me. That and cheap toilet paper. And cheap toilet paper. And <laughs> I, chaps. I do not Actual like chaps. that single ply toilet paper. Um, yeah, I. Yeah. Her, her storyline definitely felt pretty undeveloped. There was like nothing. Well, it is. It's alarming to pull the pull all of the story out of a show and then be like, "We're with these gals. Let's give them some some hijinks." Mm-hmm. And just how unsatisfactory hijinks are. That's like the car's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Gonna, she's not going to know. And guess what? Dildo model. Like, I actually like that. That I thought that was that, a funny that was interesting. The character. twist on that at first was dumb. And then it was like, oh, this dude's like cool. He's in porn, but he's like. He's into other stuff. I yeah. actually thought that was interesting. Yeah, that was probably one of my favorite storylines. I did think that. I think what I've learned from the show is when they need when they leave New York, you know right away that there's going to be no permanence to any of these characters. Yeah, like all yeah. these characters are definitely going to be just one episode characters, and you you kind of know that when they're in New York too. But it like their the characters could potentially stick around. So Do you, it's funny because you know how like the 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 markets of how money works in a show would never allow for this but if you really really wanted to make and there's some that exist there's a show called easy on netflix that's Mm -hmm. like this but it's like if you really had no economic pressure and no business pressure and could make the most perfect show 
it would be amazing if you could, you can do it more now, but like plant people that, that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And that can happen more now that it's like, and it's sometimes in Breaking Bad, they would say that they would look back at earlier seasons and see what they left and take stories from there so mm. that it would tie together. But that was such a tense show that I feel like they painted themselves into a corner sometimes. Mm. But it would be so much more satisfying if they have this and then three seasons later, there is a tie in to the fact that she had like met this guy, like he bails him out of a thing or yeah, um, yeah. because the, it is so, and t television is so good now that we just don't put up as much with a bunch of bottle episodes. It's like, okay, cool. Like they just meet these people and move on. You want more than that. And it would be so exciting to have six seasons of a perfect show that, but isn't like it a show that. like high maintenance, isn't that like totally completely episodic where like you're leaving pretty much all the characters. Every it is, episode. but it's like, if you could, I've never, I've only seen one episode in so. order for this to happen. It would essentially have to be, it would have to be high maintenance, high maintenance meets a show that is huge. But then once a show gets huge, you can't just, you can't do that because there are interests at stake. Um, yeah. it just has to be well-written, but I do think that that, um, that's like the other extreme high maintenance or that show easy or any, or even American horror story. That's like, yeah, sweet. You're coming at us for the brand of this horror show, not for. Yeah. Black mirrors like that. Too, Black right? True Mirror. detective. True detective is an anthology per season. Yeah. Yeah. But it would just be, and I would say Harry Potter actually did a really good job of being like, they would look, she would finish a thing and then go back later. But we're talking about TV, not books. Yeah. Come on. What is TV besides a book visually? Oh, stop it. Um, but a good job at taking small little moments and then tying them in later that actually had more weight to them. So it was like, like Dumbledore. He was very fat and he had a lot of weight to him. <laughs> right? He was gay. He was fat and gay. She said he was gay later. And then Dumbledore, the wizard who was fat and gay. <laughs> <laughs> that's if you listen to the audiobook, that's what it says. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk more about some the guy that reads the English audiobook, Stephen Fry is both of those. Yeah. yeah. One of the great English actors. <laughs> now you, you really liked the deal, the model, because I, I will say you guys, you guys kind of look resemble alike. each other quite I, a bit. I took a few pictures of that and I was, I'm going to, I'm going to, I was going to put my face. On Are you going to take a picture of your sure. penis? In the FaceTime from this douche. You uh don't do that. No, you you absolutely you guys look very similar. Not just because you're bald, you have a similar shaped head. Yeah, you like guys when you, like when you when have you, just like the mustache. When you're full mustache, I feel like yeah, you you had some Garth. And looks I feel like too. you could be a Garth. I feel like you could be a Garth West. That's true. Um, you're sensitive. The um, I'm sensitive, and do you write poetry? I have a molding of my ginormous dick. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. <laughs> I got it done this morning because I watched the episode. It's a bestseller in Madagascar. <laughs> <laughs> You're not in the Canadian markets yet. I, I was thinking of the animated show. Not the <laughs> it's, it's all over the animated show. It's in the background. It's the trees they climb up when she, based off of that. When what she said he was the John Grisham of penises because he was the bestseller, mm -hmm. it made me want to try to think of what John Grisham penis novels would be. <laughs> and one of them writes itself. And you know which one it is. The Firm. The Firm. The Firm. That's there you go. The Firm. That's the um, John Grisham penis novel. And there's also the one that's about, it's about an earlier Sex in the City episode, but it's about peeing on, uh, it's about the Rainmaker. The Rainmaker. The Rainmaker. 
<laughs> There's also the one, uh, the pelican in my briefs. Pelican's bri- <laughs> the pelican in my briefs. It's about a guy there's with a, a huge a, bird penis. There's a lot of John Grisham dildo puns you can do. Uh, we have the reckoning. The, ir- the reckoning. A time to kill. Matthew McConaughey. There you go. The whistler. The whistler. <laughs> the testament. A painted house. Do you guys want to hear my Matthew McConaughey impression? Yes. Uh, I'm going to keep reading John Grisham books. Yeah. Can I, keep, can I see the John? I'll read him as Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. There uh, you go. Ah. Uh, rogue lawyer. Street lawyer. <laughs> we got the litigator. <laughs> the appeal. He never does any more than a few words, right? Runaway Jerry. Dustin Hoffman. It's pretty good. The king of torts. Hey, boy. I it, think, uh, hey you boy, know what? I think this is a perfect time for. Is it King of Torts? I think uh, we need to bring back a character we haven't seen in a couple episodes. Uh oh. Who we got fetching Raymond? <laughs> Are you talking about Steve? I think it's time for a Steve talk. It's a favorite time. It's a favorite time. It's Steve Talk Miranda. All right. So in this episode of Steve Talk, um, <clears throat> Unfortunately, Carrie does not give the role of big to Matthew, uh, but she still wants him attached to the project, pro- project, and she gives the role of Steve to Matthew McConaughey. Whoa. And this is uh, Steve uh, meeting Matthew McConaughey for the first time, learning a little bit about him and, uh, you know, deciding uh, how he wants to play Steve. Go ahead. Well, um, uh, all right, all right, all right. It's nice to meet you. Uh, looks like you've seen some of my films. I have. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Dazed and Confused. It's uh, a good that, movie. That was an early one there. Steve. It was, yeah. I, I like that movie. So I've never been to Texas say, before. Steve, what's Steve all about? Uh, well, you know, I play basketball and I, uh, yeah, I, you spend some time have, knocking I, a few back down at the bar. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a bar. You should come down sometime. I think we just got Shiner Bach in. Isn't that a Texas beer? Uh, I like that Shiner. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you in the movie White Men Can't Jump? No, that wasn't me. That was, I was Woody Harrelson. Uh, Woody Harrelson. That's right. I forgot uh, that was Woody you know, Harrelson. You know, Woody Harrelson kind of looks like that guy that got, the, got them dildos made out of his. Are uh, you talking about Garth? Oh, yeah. I was so <laughs> glad they kept him away from Miranda. Because uh, I didn't uh, want her to. I didn't oh, want right. her to. Hey, Steve, I got to tell you what. Tell me if there's if there's one thing about Steve. What is it? One word. Describe Steve. One word. Dangler. <laughs> You're a dangler? I'm a dangler. Guess what? <laughs> I'm signing on. I'm playing Steve. Oh, this is amazing. Because I'm a dangler, too. <laughs> well, it's a double dangler. A double dangler. I would wow. love to. It's a favorite time. It's a favorite time. Double dangler. It's Steve. Because oh. someone told me what craft service is. Dude, <laughs> I got to say. That was a good seat talk. Steve. I think I think McConaughey would play a killer Steve. I think he would too. He would bring I, a real I think he would difference bring, to the he role. Would, he would bring so much sex appeal, but he can get dorked up. Yeah, he, he can get he can get dorked up. Um, we need to talk about Trey and uh, Charlotte. We, we haven't discussed Trey and Charlotte. We, we haven't discussed the uh, she, the stamps, the, the the paper ribbon around the wiener. That situation. was stupid. Stamps.com. This is brought to you by <laughs> stamps.com. Um, they, the stamps thing was really weird. They take like an interesting 
predicament for her to be in dick dickament but and they just make it so dumb like the whole episode it's like a, just an example of when the show's good and when it's like okay that's it, it fulfilled its 30 minutes yeah. of a lot of time to be like and i'm sure they'll get to it but it's like when you think about the actual stakes in real life of being like you just got married to someone that you're potentially looking down the rest of your life of being unfulfilled and emotionally and sexually disconnected to your partner. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can be watching to do that. It's so fucking dumb. And it's like, we're, we've been waiting for a better story. And it's just like, and I guess it ended with that to be like, she found out he could get hard, but it was the yeah. emotional part. That was the first part of that storyline that I was like, that's interesting. I want to see her like actually um, act with like, emotion rather than like her frantic like carrie yeah. what do i do yeah like oh mm. didn't he yeah. like like i wanted to see her actually process wait did you like all, what you said did you notice too when at the beginning she she gets honest with her and sarah jessica parker is just like what do you want me to say and then yeah. she goes right yeah. into talking about her shit with big oh yeah I was like what classic the carrie yeah, it yeah. Was such such like yeah there's lots of things you could say yeah your friend is being honest about an yeah. issue she's having right now with yeah. her husband you broke up with some big-headed like uh yeah yeah i i agree once yeah yeah this is this is a, a hopefully it's a good palate cleanser to get back into story yeah because this was just such a such a mediocre season one episode, at least in season one, some of the, just the hijinks are thought through a little bit, but this was just like, and you brought this up while we were watching the episode. Um, the way Samantha treated Garth, if you would have flipped the roles there, Mm -hmm. it would, and and I don't want to sit here and be like, what about us men? But like, she was absolutely brutal to that guy about how he was like a penis. He was model. just nothing but a penis. And yeah. like she, when she went home with the dildo, she got the only part that like mattered or the only, like the best part of him. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. was a good dude. He was just well, trying to like open up and share some poetry with her. This is, here's another way in which like, if that were written now, I, I do think that's a thing that it's like, probably porn is so weird back then and not as pro Lifer, whatever proliferated yeah that it's like oh he does he's so weird that how could you ever imagine he does poetry right and i feel like that is not necessarily the case anymore it may still be like odd or transgressive to do porn or something in those ways hey man but, a lot of porn is poetry <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but i do think that that is something that just uh, more than it being like, it's not offensive that it's like, treat him like a real character. It's like, oh, you just missed an opportunity to make a more interesting story for Samantha. Yeah. Which is rather than just be disgusted by that or be like, oh, I don't want to talk to you. How much more funny and interesting would that be? That would be like, if she just said, like, I just want to be honest with you. I only want you for your dick. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, and she's like, but I love your poetry too. And then he writes like a poem about his dick. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. so much funnier. Yeah. And, and it's, if, were, if he was like in the background of a bar, like, uh, or if he was like at the, the cowboy bar reciting his poetry or something yeah. like that, that would have been, yeah. I just think anytime there's like, um, and they do this a lot in the show and they do this a lot in, in any show, but it's funny because the reason why it's bad bad writing is because it's not 
it's it's like the thought that you have before you develop the character. It's like, oh, it'd be funny if there's a dono guy that does poetry, but without ever thinking through, like if you want to make a person three dimensional, how much more interesting it would be to do an extra twist on it. Right. And when they do that in the show, it's awesome. And then when they don't, it's it's that. But the I would say the main like negative part about it is that it's like, ah, that could have been a more interesting story. So yeah. Uh, it's weird though, because I feel like he, in that way, was one of the rounder characters of the whole episode. Yeah, yeah like totally. more than a lot of other people you saw. Yeah, even Charlotte in some ways. Yeah. at least in this episode. I think I think the most interesting character for sure was Trey. I think the most interesting <laughs> character was the car. That didn't um, work. The blue. Let's Mustang. do one no. quick round of questions about: Can you escape your past? Okay. What happens when you do try and do that? And then we'll do the uh, we'll do the final rating, Cosmo rating. Cool. So the question is, the question you're posing is, can we escape our past? Can you escape your past or an experience where you've tried to do that and it's caught up with you? Because I think the answer that everyone would give is no. I don't. I don't want to escape my past. I yeah. want my past to be. What, what well, you makes... used to be a semi-pro football player. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. sure. no, I never. I'm just kidding. I was, uh, uh, I was a football player, not anywhere near semi-pro. Um, I don't know why I'm. <laughs> I wasn't good. Uh, why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough for me. Um, no, I don't think you should want to escape your past. Your past is what makes you who you are now. And if you, if you want to escape your past and forget your past, then I think you probably are a little bit confused as to who you are presently. Mm. And I think that uh, examining your past and constantly uh, looking at why the way you act uh, and is, is probably a healthy thing to do. So, you know, and I think that's what Carrie kind of did at the end. She examined her life and realized, I don't want to, I don't want, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character to tell me who I am. I want to take control. And she realized that when she said it to the guy bumming the smoke, I want to be alone. Yeah. And so, mm. um, you know, I, yeah, the, the answer to the question is no, I don't think you can. I don't think you should. I don't think it's healthy. Uh, if you're a therapist listening to this, you're probably uh, feeling that I'm probably wrong in some way, but that's just what I feel. Uh, I don't think you're wrong. I think, thank you. <clears throat> uh, and I'm a therapist. I've been hiding that from you guys, but if you need to see someone it just came out, you couldn't escape your past. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think you can. I think that regardless, if you take the question off the table of, is it right or wrong to do it? I think you can't, I'm not saying you should take off the right or wrong thing, but I think if you just go with, can you, or can't you, I don't think you can because I kind of think life is cyclical and I think that you can re-encounter patterns and then be like, Oh, wait a second. How have I been, how have I been like encountering this in my life or something yeah. like that? And then, but yeah, I kind of think time is a flat circle. <laughs> Can you say that in the Makani voice? Uh, I guess time is just a flat circle. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't think you, uh, I don't think, and I actually do agree with you. I don't think you should. I, I think though, you should want to, if you encounter things that you're like, oh, wait, I've been here before and I didn't want to do this before, like Carrie did. I think you you can encounter it and you can realize you have the power to make changes. Yeah. And I, and I realized that 
saying that I'm coming from a very privileged life yeah. and someone that has not gone through a lot of hardships. I think there are a lot of people who may have been sexually assaulted or mm. abused or lived through some traumatic uh, environments that I wasn't, I didn't, that, you know, maybe they uh, have to escape their past. They have to face the past and move on from it. And there's probably a lot of therapy that is involved with that. So my answer is coming from someone who's completely privileged and hasn't but, had. But even that is not escaping are, your past. It's because escape. Well, is, it's a, it's addressing it. It's maybe addressing it and moving on. Yeah, that's kind of what I. Yeah, that's like when I was saying too that it's cyclical. I don't mean that like, hey, listen, you're damned no matter what. Yeah. It's more that it comes up and you're like, oh, wait a second, I can right. I can choose to well, encounter my this thing. Or and, and and I guess I should qualify it by saying like like as someone who hasn't had something horrendous happened. I think it's important for me to learn from my past and move if for those people who have had horrible things that have, you know, that have happened to them out of their control. I think it's probably beneficial for them to compartmentalize them or deal with them in whatever way is healthy yeah. and then move on from there. So, uh, I don't think like someone who was assaulted should spend every day waking up being like, yeah, how am I different than that? Like, I, yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I think it's, yeah. so it's, it is a trickier question. Than I think I originally, uh, gave credit to. That's well, true. I think that, um, I mean, any of that stuff always, I mean, if we take Carrie's situation as seriously as possible, it's like, man, there's like, she potentially destroyed a marriage and destroyed a good relationship. If, if she was our friend and it wasn't a TV show, we'd be like, wow. Like yeah. it would be less entertaining. And it would be more just like, uh, did you hear like, that fucking girl, Big's wife, has giant stitches all over her gums mm -hmm. and has dentures right now. And she's 20. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. there's like real stuff that happened. Yeah. Um, as a result of that. And I think that um, the answer is obviously no. But even when you go deeper, it's like, you know, if you don't figure that out, I know they get married in the end. So I know that she ends up with Big, but it's like, I would fully anticipate that they reckon with whatever their issues are in very real ways or else that wouldn't happen and people wouldn't even be semi-okay with them being together. So I'm yeah. sure they deal with that in the show. And then also some of my favorite stories, movies, plays, books, anything, are just when someone tries to keep like a secret and then it unravels by the end and just destroys tons of people. And I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if that is like a fear that I have that I'm like... Oh my gosh, you're gonna like keep a secret and then but it's like there's so many good stories that are very like tragic, intense stories. And those all those stories are based on being like you can't escape your past. Yeah. Because yeah. even if it's the smallest thing, like it it can have massive implications. Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> um so awesome. Yeah. Let's uh let's, Cosmo rating. Let's do our Cosmo, Cosmo rating. Cosmo rating sponsored, sponsored by Absolute Elix. Absolute Elix, the best vodka you can drink while you listen to this podcast. Go to their website, learn to make some cocktails, and send us a picture of you drinking a cocktail. Mm, Please. Thank you, Absolute mm. Elix. Please. From some teetotalers. I think it's safe to say that Absolute Elix is the best alcohol that's ever been made ever. Would anyone I would. That? Yeah, I would. No, I wouldn't challenge that at all. Also, I would I would even put it up against rubbing alcohol, <laughs> like for to help people like when they have cuts. Yes. I would I would say Elix is better. Absolutely. Um, I will say this. Say it. When you have bad vodka, you taste it in a way that's like, oh, I'm drinking alcohol. When you have vodka that's so distilled, 
you just can't taste it, you're like, uh. but when you have that vodka that just has that perfect little kick mm. and none of that, none of that mm-hmm. extra Georgie vodka taste, mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, and that right there is absolute elix. Mm. And you got like, them I feel copper like, cups. I feel like you, you just said that. And that exact script that you just said could have been read by Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what. Right yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> I want some absolutely. That Georgia taste. What's his, What's the, he owns a bourbon company, right? Bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all okay. right. Uh, Cosmo rating. Let's uh, count got three. Mine. Let's say. Uh, oh, gosh. On. I got to get mine. I know mine. And I want us to all be on the same page, but I have mine. So I'm going to send out my energy to get you guys on my thing because we've never done an all three or when we say it at the same it's gonna, time. It's going to be so hard to do that. Um, okay. I'm ready. Five, four, three, two, one. 2.75. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was trying to pull you guys down. Um, What'd you I, say, John? I said 2.5. Okay. So we did 2, 2.5, 2.75. Uh, Why'd you love this so much, Corey? <laughs> Corey, you Sorry. go first. Uh, yeah, maybe I rated it too high. It was very disjointed with Charlotte's story, especially the character, like Carrie, like with the way that she kind of discounted Charlotte was not cool, but you can't, I don't think you can rate an episode badly just on like your view of the character. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. It did seem like a gimmick episode to be like, let's go to LA. I like that. They actually had a reason that it wasn't just like, there was a reason that was like, Carrie's getting taken out there to get traction from her column. So you kind of realize that she's like a bigger deal than you think. And then I, as much as we like talk about the McConaughey thing, I do think it was interesting that she got out there and then he's like, why can't these guys figure it out? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, Oh, that's, that is at least tracking with the, the season. Yeah. Um, Miranda stuff was like, whatever. I liked Garth and his big old ding dong. So yeah, that's where I'm coming from. Not great, but had a couple yeah. redeeming points. Yeah, I think 2.5 is pretty accurate for what I want to give it. Um, I it, it follows the trend. I think I think I really think they lose something when they when they move away from New York. And I thought like the whole I said at the top of the episode, the fake New York stoop, her smoking and getting in trouble with the Warner Bros. security guard was cute and all, uh, but it's it's just the fact that you know. None of this stuff is permanent, and it takes away from like the the narrative of the entire season. So uh, all the storylines were kind of here or there. I didn't. Carrie's was like Carrie's Miranda's was like probably my two least favorite, and then Charlotte's was down there, and Samantha's I think was the best storyline. But it it that also felt like they could have done it better. Like Kevin said, two point five. I said two, and you know. When we go, when they go high, I go low. Okay. In the <laughs> words of Eric Holder. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. It was fun to watch just like in the middle of this season three narrative. It's just like, okay, whatever. Um, we didn't talk at all about the Sarah Michelle Geller cameo, oh, yeah. but that is pretty huge. Yeah, it is. And it was interesting that if you watch it, you're like, that's Sarah Michelle Geller. And then later you're like, but that's a character. Oh, but that's actually Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, it's so weird when they do stuff like that. Yeah, but I guess it gives a little bit of the cultural cachet of the show, which is interesting that they can call in these big favors, and it must have been such a moment on Sunday night to be like, holy shit, Buffy. Yeah. 
Um, so that's cool. Uh, someone on Instagram asked us what we think of her curls this season. I think SJP is looking at the peak of her yeah. physical performance, yeah. hair included. Yeah, that's um, great. And I would say if there was one way I could describe this episode, it's I'm glad to be done with this episode of the Bratchel Boys because I've got a date with a dildo. <laughs> Ooh, God. Is it a Garth West? What do you think? Absolutely. Fucking Lutely. Get on iTunes. Rate us five stars. Tweet at us. Tell your friends. Insta at us. Insta at us. Tweet at us. Email us at the Bradshaw Boys at NYC. Go buy Absolute Licks. Hook it up to your water supply. Shower with it. Yep. Listen. Tell all your friends to do that. And Mm -hmm. then drink it. And then drink it. The Bradshaw Boys NYC at gmail.com. Send an email about anything having to do with the show. Pictures, goofs. 20 to 30 minute Patreon episode about it. And get on our Patreon and you can hear those. Go to our Patreon, the Bradshaw Boys on Patreon. And yeah, we're going to be putting up a lot of those things soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Kevin's already out of the room. Kevin, where'd you go? Bye. (laughs) See you guys. He's getting garthed. The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at the Bradshaw Boys. And if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening. <laughs>